Welcome back to another edition of the TU Sports Extra podcast. Uh, we're glad you're here to join us. I am Patrick Prince on the eighth floor of the of our downtown offices uh, on a cold, windy Thursday. Uh, joined as always by Bryce McKinnis, our TU beat writer. Uh, and Bryce, you're not too far from me uh, in your apartment, right? You're pretty close. From the comfort of my home. But, uh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying warm, so, um, but I'm about four or five blocks probably from the office. Yeah, I stepped out to go grab lunch, and it was not not the best decision I've ever made. Um, so we're happy you're joining us. Uh, you can check us out. This will be a video every week. We'll also turn it into a podcast. So if you'd rather listen than watch, you can check us out on Google, Apple, or Spotify. And uh, we'll hope you'll uh, check us out. Uh, Bryce, let's get into basketball a little bit. Uh, and I'm not really sure where to start. Um you know, they're obviously struggling. Attendance is, is not good. Uh, although, to be fair, attendance is not good for a lot of people. Uh, that's not a TU-specific problem. That's a college basketball problem, but uh, certainly an issue there. But can you give me a sense of uh, what's the vibe of the program right now? Are people – are you hearing from TU fans? Like, just kind of give me a sense of what's going on. I am. Um, it, like Bill wrote in um, – in his column last week from Legends Day, um, they are struggling to garner support. It feels like, um, in, in terms of ticket sales uh, on social media, I'm hearing from quite a few uh, TU fans who are disgruntled with the state of the program in that regard. Um, and and, what, know, and what are they? And I'm sorry, Bryce. Sorry to interrupt. What, what are they saying? What, what's what's the message from them? The, the ones you're hearing from, anyway. Um, primarily the, the message is in regards to, uh, Frank Haith. Um, there are definitely fans who are calling for, um, the firing of Frank Haith, calling for him to be removed from that position. Um, the thing about this team is it's, it's hard. It's been hard to gather what exactly is going on with this team just from the past, like five weeks that I've been on the beat. But one thing I do know is it's not a a bad – it's not a team whose record, I think, reflects the talent that they have and the ceiling that they have. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say they're a great team or that they're even a good team. But this is a team that night after night is losing by single digits. And they're losing by single digits whether it's the second-to-last team in the conference or it's Houston, lost by one, lost by Memphis twice to four or five, I think, both times. Um, you know, they beat Cincinnati the other night at home. Um, they go on the road. Uh, they actually haven't – they're 0-8 on the road right now. Um, lost again by nine to UCF on Valentine's Day. So this is a team – and it, it feels like it's a different struggle night by night, right? Like it's not like you can identify any, any one aspect of the game that you can point to as, as the habitual trouble this team is going through on a game-by-game -game basis. It's like one night they'll they'll struggle from the three-point line, um, but, like, they'll be excellent in turnovers and they'll be excellent assists. And then another night, you know, they won't pass the ball well and they won't move it well, uh, but they'll be really good defensively and then they'll struggle defensively. So it, it's, it's hard to pinpoint um, any one cause with this team. Has Frank Haith addressed any of this in a post game, or has he been has he been asked about this? Yes, um, I, I wouldn't say he's been 
I wouldn't say that he's been asked necessarily yet about like the season as a whole, but he's definitely hinted at times like after the Cincinnati win. Um, I think what he said was obviously we needed this one. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think that anybody in that locker room is tone deaf to what's going on, but also like as an athlete, as a team, as a coaching staff, um, there's always going to be the attitude of like blocking out the noise. Um, you know, they don't know what's going on in practice every day. They don't know what's going on on the team bus. Um, so I think that that's probably the attitude that they've adopted. Uh, Bryce, I'm glad that you brought up uh, Bill Hastings' column from last, from the Legends Day last Saturday. Um, for those of you who haven't had a chance to check it out, it's I would say it's a must read for any TU fan. Uh, he talked to a former, uh, some former TU legends who, you know, some big names that people instantly recognize who were in town um, and just kind of got their sense of what's going on. Um, you know, Bill addressed the attendance and uh, how, you know, T's been, uh, Frank Hayth hasn't really recruited locally much at all. And we'll talk about the one that he has recruited in a minute, Anthony Pritchard, but um, it was just kind of a, a good look into kind of maybe where things are a little bit. Um, so, and, and Bill's been around a long time. So, uh, yeah. And, and with, like, go ahead. Go with ahead. the attendance, I want to add, Patrick, like yeah. one thing that Bill pointed to was, um, the early 2000s teams, uh, the 90s teams are really successful in the crowds that they drew. Um, and I know it's easy to say, like, everybody's struggling with attendance right now, but I'm also on the ORU beat. And I got to say, the Maybe Center is rocking for every men's game this season. Like, they're filling that thing out. Student support is huge. Um, and it's a little bit different with men's and women's games. But last night at the, the women's game, there were uh, – easily less than two dozen students in the student section total and like at game nights at ORU that whole section that's designated as the student section is like packed all the way to the top of the arena every time so um that's the same town um you know you could even argue the same fan base in a lot of ways um mm -hmm. so it's it's not it's not impossible <clears throat> It's not something that like can't be done in in 2022 with um, with regulations and other complications that have been caused by COVID-19. I mean, certainly that is probably a cause to an extent, but I don't think it's the whole picture. No, and that's a really good point. I mean, I've always, you know, I've lived in Tulsa my whole life, and I, I went to TU games when I was a kid. I watched the Nolan Richardson teams as as a nine year old or however old I was. Um, Anyway, so it seems to me that TU has – their attendance has always been an interesting topic. Um, when they have a good team, they tend to draw pretty well. And when they don't, they don't draw as well. Now, you could probably say that a little bit about uh, most programs. That's a broad statement. But with TU having such a small alumni base and being a small college, they need the casual fan. And you're really only going to get – you get those if you're good or have like a marquee player like a Max Acemus, uh to go watch. So I, I think your your point is well taken. You know, if they it's I want to see where the line is for TU attendance. I mean, I don't the, the heyday of their attendance is gone. That it's just a different time now. That's probably not coming back. But if they were good and competitive, had a marquee player, what where's the new norm? Um, and I don't think we know that yet. Yeah, you know, and like, like Bill said, like, you're looking at 
you're looking at about a quarter of the crowd that some of those um, elite eight teams drew. Um, not uh, not two thirds, not five sixths. I mean, this is more than a, a drastic difference over the course of 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, we can talk about TU history all day long. They have a pretty, really, really good history to discuss. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago. At least it doesn't seem that that long ago. Maybe it was. I don't know. That they were one of the best mid-majors in the country. Um, and they, you know, like Bill wrote and like, you know, they've they've gone to Elite Eights and they've gone to Sweet Sixteens. They've had marquee coaches who have gone on to do, you know, do, do good things. So, I, I don't know. I it, It's... I don't know what lies ahead and where we're going to go and what's going to happen, but it's, it, it yeah, it, it, it's, um, I kind of have a, a, a saying that I, th- that I say to some people, I think college football in, in the state of Oklahoma is better when OU is good. It just, cause they have such a fan. It's just, it's just better. It's more exciting around here. And in the Tulsa area, college basketball is more exciting when TU is good. I, I think, um, I mean, OU is OU and OSU is OU, and you know that they do their thing. But I just think around these parts, when TU is good and exciting, uh, it's 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 fun around here. So anyway, well, let's talk specifically about a player now. Speaking of the Tulsa area, Anthony Pritchard, uh, he had a pretty good game in the in the win over Cincinnati. Uh, what's been kind of your thoughts on him? Yeah, and like you say, um, I think college basketball is better when uh, TU fans have something to be excited about. I think they should be really excited about having a local player who's a freshman who's starting and who's really been outstanding this season. Um, Against Cincinnati, he led in the plus minus. I don't remember the exact figure. Um, He had his first career double-double, 11 points, 10 assists. Um, He was also really getting to the rack really well. Um, He had a few that just, like, didn't fall, but, um, you know – with a, with the right gust of wind, they could have fallen, I guess you could say. Um, sure. And I've covered Anthony since he was a sophomore in high school um, previously when I was covering recruiting. So I, I've watched him for quite some time. Um, it's always been kind of a, a question as to why um, TU isn't able to draw support draw more attention from local offers, uh, from local players, um, especially ones who are being recruited at the Division One level. Um, there have been quite a few players from the state of Oklahoma who have gone to play at the mid-major level somewhere else. Sure. If you look ahead to this um, this signing class, Dante Hallman from McAllister, uh, who's led the state in scoring the past two years, was committed to Tulsa, um, I believe, during the middle of his junior year and then decommitted to um, instead sign with uh, Rio Grande Valley. So, um, you know, you wonder if that has any impact on the attendance as well, or just like the overall local support. I mean, if this team was a roster stacked with local kids, um, how many more tickets that would sell? I I don't know, to be honest. I don't know if it would make a drastic difference. My assumption is that it, it would make some difference, but Anthony Pritchard is, is definitely a sign of that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and I, you know, if I was just looking at the, at the ORU schedule the other day, thinking I got to go see Max Aismas play a little bit more before I don't, while, while he's still around. I mean, you know, and in basketball, you can, you can turn it around with one guy mm-hmm. um, to, to, to a degree, of course. Um, 
Okay, a little bit about football. So just as we were talking here, almost, uh, TU has released their uh, football schedule for next season. What, 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 are, what do you see when you glance at that? So I'm looking at it for the first time as I'm talking to you. It looks like they'll start off on the road at Wyoming September 3rd. <clears throat> to open at home September 10th against NIU. Um, and then I, I believe that's Jacksonville State. And then um, they'll have Ole Miss on the road September 24th, which is interesting. And then they're, they'll open the conference season at home against Cincinnati. Um, so that's a, that's a fun schedule. You know, you've got a, you've got a, a SEC team on that schedule, um, opening up with a game last year that was on um, college football game day. And, you know, a, a defending Final Four team uh, coming into Tulsa. That's good stuff. Um, you know, they also just released their spring practice schedule. So they'll be starting up with that on March 1st. Um, they've also filled out their coaching staff, which obviously is a necessity going into this uh, spring offseason. Um, I would say that things seem to be looking pretty well for them. Yeah. All right, let's leave it right there for this week. I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Bryce, thanks for the knowledge, thanks for the time, and we'll catch up next week. See you, Patrick.